training the complete athlete, gaining the performance edge with Coach Koss. To find out more, go to trainthecompleteathlete.com. I'm excited to welcome Chris Cassell to the show today. He has a long history of baseball, including graduated from Hudson's Bay High School here in Vancouver, Washington. Upon graduation, he was drafted by the Chicago Cubs in the fourth round. He then proceeded to have 14 years at the pro ranks and then continued on from there to coach three more seasons in the minor leagues as a pitching coach. After his career was over, he decided that he wanted to return home to the Pacific Northwest and spend more time with his family. He now is the owner of Baseball Dudes. Baseball Dudes is a baseball academy that teaches young athletes ranging from five to six all the way up to the high school and collegiate ranks. Their main focus is on player development, including leadership and life skills. So we're very excited to hear what he has to come and chat with us about, about the best things for parents to do when raising a young athlete. Welcome to the show, Chris. Well, thanks for, thanks for your opportunity. It's always, you know, we were talking before, I've, I've done a bunch of these and it's always, <clears throat> it's always fun. It's, it's good to talk to different people about, you know, youth sports and different ways to get better. Um, you know, the stuff that we're going to talk about today is, I feel is really important isn't getting given enough attention. Um, you know, I do my best in our, in our social media platforms to, to bring it up often. Um, but still, I, I wish there was more people that, that spoke about how to be a, a good, you know, parent of a, of a young athlete, even to be a, you know, a young coach. Well, and it's interesting because, um, I'm raising an athlete and a theater kid and it, and it really does cross the spectrum. Uh, the things that are needed from parents with the involvement um, of their kids in extracurricular activities. And I see it um, in my office all the time with having uh, athletes have such huge expectations from themselves and from their parents and how that can be almost crippling to their uh, to their performance. And so uh, that's why I'm so excited to talk about how uh, parents and coaches can do a better job uh, building relationships with their kids and supporting them through through this growth and development. So, you know, both of us have been in sports for a long time. So talk to me how you've seen youth sports change maybe over the past decade from when we were growing up, just hitting the ball around when we were young. Uh, you know, it's, <clears throat> there's definitely more to it. You know, it's baseball. When I, when I was growing up, it was little league. Um, you know, if you were at the age where you did all-stars, you know, you had the all-star season afterwards and that, <clears throat> maybe totaled 25 to 30 games, you know, for a whole season. And then that was kind of it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, once you get a little bit older, you get into the high school years, you had the Babe Ruth season, which was, you know, maybe 40, 45 games. And, it, you know, as you started to get in later in high school, it got a little bit more serious um, as far as, you know, summer baseball went. Um, but it's, it's definitely, it's definitely changed. You know, we see, again, speaking from the baseball side, um, you know, we see kids in some, some programs, you know, mainly here locally, you know, I know it's happening across the country, you know, where they're playing 60, 70, shoot, sometimes 80 games in a, in a season, you know, and, and we're talking all the way down to nine, 10 years old, you know, and it's just, it, it's a lot. Um, you know, I work with, I don't run any teams myself, um, but what I found that that allows me to do is work with families from all different types of organizations, kids from different athletic abilities, you know, so I kind of, I see the, I see a, a big spectrum of what people are going through, you know, their experiences. Um, you know, the, I would say that 
that in more of the the tournament type world that the stress level and the anxiety anxiety is a little bit more um just because it's you know supposedly supposed to be a, a what we call a better quality game um i don't know if that's always it always the case but that's that's what's given with it and then kind of you know use that word expectations the expectations that come with that um in my opinion are often unrealistic and you know unrealistic from the parents and the coaches and you know with that just just comes so much stress and drama and i i really feel that all of this comes from you know trying to professionalize youth sports you know and it, it's we talk about you have nation rankings you know state rankings you know in youth sports which which is crazy so so because of this it's almost like these programs and organizations have found a way to to use the adult ego ego pride status whatever you want to call whatever you want to want to refer to it as you know as a way to get more people involved you know because again you know as we we see it, it it's it seems to be human nature that you know those rankings matter more than anything you know and, and kind of the how it makes adults feel about themselves i guess you know to be honest these kids don't care <laughs> they, they honestly don't care what what rankings are you know when they get up into high school maybe you know they're probably going to pay closer attention especially if you know they're they're college bound and you know or, or wanting to to go there um to that level but it, it's it's way overblown you know and it, it again the stress that comes with that i i have to help families work through it you know and a lot of times the message is like slow down you know slow down it, it's these years right now are not every year is important but we're putting too much emphasis on these years you know and it's how that kid progresses and how he grows and the kid hasn't even hit puberty yet you know and we're expecting him to perform mentally and physically like he is an adult and you know it just it doesn't work that way well one of the things that i that i see and and i went through this when i was a little kid doing all stars um I, I, there was a, there was an article about, uh, when a U.S. team had won the, the world championship, the world series, and none of those guys went on and played college baseball. I know for me, out of all my little league groups, nobody went on and played college softball. And so we, we chase these things and we put so much focus on them and it doesn't usually play out the way that we hope it's going to play out. Right. And so those, the, the conversations and the drama that goes around those events, is so consuming when it really doesn't have a positive play out down the road. Well, we're forgetting to enjoy the game. You know, we're forgetting that, forgetting or maybe just not understanding and realizing that the game is, I write about it all the time, the game is so temporary. You know, if, if we live to be 80 years old, you're talking, if we're lucky, 10, maybe 12, maybe 15 years that, that we're considered athletes. You know, and then there's all those other years where we have to actually be people and parents and spouses and, you know, a, a person in our community, you know, and it's, again, we, we, we get caught up in the moment too much, I feel. And unfortunately, we, I've seen the game destroy relationships, you know, and, and that's probably the hardest for me you know, is when it gets to that point and, you know, we, we get, we get coaches that take it so serious, you know, and, and they go out there and they act a fool for, 
you know, for really no, no, no good reason. You know, it's, it's, we, I think as adults forget how hard the game was for us. If we did play, you know, how many mistakes we made, how many times that we made a mental error, you know, that we spaced off something, you know I mean? And we, again, we expect these, or by forgetting that we, we don't handle it well when, when the kids make the same mistakes that we made at one point. Well, one of the other things I see when you talk about uh, breaking relationships and youth sports is I see it all the time. And I've been through this, that you start a team and expectations aren't met, whether their child isn't getting what they want for them or some, somebody has a better perspective or a different coaching style than team split. And one coach goes one way and one coach goes the other way. And I always grew up that my team was family and you work through those things, right? But now it's, nope, I'm going to do what I want to do. And there isn't teaching kids how to hold on through hard times. And I think that's one of the best lessons that teams can really educate kids on, but we don't do that. You know, it's, it's always what's going to serve me instead of how are we going to teach these kids to stay together through the hard times? Yeah. Yeah. It's again, this comes down to the adults, you know, the, the kids are kind of caught in the middle of all this. You know, they go where they're told to go. And, you know, mom and dad said, no, we're going to switch teams this year. Um, and unfortunately, I mean, there, there, I've seen many cases where there's legitimate reasons to, to break off. You know, I, I mean, you're talking physical abuse, mental abuse, you know, that there's, when I say physical abuse, I'm talking about, you know, abusing bodies, you know, as far as how they're used. Um, you know, but there's there's legitimate reasons for some of that to happen. And sometimes it's not really anything that, that we need to leave for just because we think the grass is greener somewhere else, which isn't always the case. You know, often it's parents just being a little bit more, again, unrealistic. Um, but I, I see it a lot where, where the coaches get, get caught up in the moment and what their you know, preseason expectations were in the meshes that they gave everybody by the end of the season, it has gone completely off tracks because the kids aren't performing, you know, the way that, that they think that they should. And it just becomes one big mess again, because we take the game way too serious. Yeah. So how would you say that parents can impact their child? Like that relationship, um, you know, some parents just say, Hey, go have fun. I know those are kind of the, the rare commodity. Now I know my dad at 14 said, you know, way more about this game than I ever will. So go have a good time. Um, but there's also so many other messages that are coming in from parents. So how do parents really impact their children when it comes to youth sports? Uh, you know, obviously the support they give at home is, is vital. Um, again, not taking it too serious being supportive in a, in a manner to, you know, push the kids to want to be better, you know, encourage. Um, but again, on the same line, you, you can't force, you know, you can't force kids. You know, I think when kids are younger, you're talking, you know, five through 12, you know, before those teenage years, you know, they, they need that support. They need that, that handheld hand holding, you know, it's like, Hey, let's go out, let's go outside and, you know, play some catch or let's go to the park and let's, let's get some batting practice in whatever it is. Um, but you start getting to those, you know, maybe 11, 12 teenage years and <clears throat> there has to be an internal drive that's there. And especially when the kids start becoming teenagers, you start pushing too much. 
they, they're getting to that age where they'll start pushing back and um, it, you have to be, it's, it's a, it's a slippery slope and um, it has to get to a point. And I, I do this when I'm coaching too, or if, if, if we've talked about things enough, you know, we're talking a lot of kids I work with, we've been together for years. And if we've talked about something so much, I, I have to stop, you know, it has to get to the point where they are mentally engaged in what's happening and they're able to make those adjustments themselves. So the same thing as, as kids are growing up, um, you know, the parents are there to support and then their support as the kids get older has to change a little bit too. And that, that support comes from actually letting, letting go a little bit um, and letting them kind of steer their path. Obviously, you know, give some reminders now and then, you know, ask them how this is going or how that is going, you know, did you do what you were supposed to do here? But it, it has to stop at some point where the parents are dragging them outside saying, let's go do this. Um, and that, that's just one example. You know, the, the, support, the support system at home obviously has different layers as the kids get older in high school and, you know, they're looking at college, you know, helping them through a little bit of that recruiting process, you know, is obviously different than the support you're going to give them when they're eight. Mm -hmm. um, so th there's, there's constant support that needs to be there. Um, but again, it's, it's, as a parent, you have to evolve with where those kids are going. Well, that's what, when my kid, when my kids were young, I would always say, you know, these are the things I want you to focus on. I want you to work hard. I want you to be coachable. I want you to be the best teammate you can be. And I want you to have fun. And if you can walk off the field saying those four things, then that's a great day of playing ball. Right. And I also, I really, uh, strongly support your view on you got to teach your kids and then let them go. And I know as a coach, that's really hard to do, but at some point they're going to have to do it in an independent fashion. And, and I see the same thing as a counselor, these kids come in and their parents just want them fixed. That's what I get told, you know, fix my kid and the kid's not engaged. Right. And so for me, I can't force them to work on something that their heart's not in. Right. It's not productive for anybody. And so lots of times it's hard to have those conversations with athletes, even to say, do you even like to do this? Is your passion here? Because if it's not, you know, maybe we can find something that you love to get up and do every day. Right. And you, you know, that's a super important question. And one that usually needs to be asked by, I guess not usually, but, but you're going to get a quicker, straighter answer by, by someone who's not mom or dad, you know, do you really love this game? Mm -hmm. You know, and that, that may come from a coach. Um, I've had that talk many times with my students and um, I'm shoot. I have that talk with my boys, you know, years ago, neither of them play baseball anymore. And it had, it came down to like, you know, guys, if you don't really want to do this, that's okay. You know, it's, I'm not going to be different in any way towards you guys. I'm still going to love you. I mean, it's, this isn't, if you don't have to love it just because I do. And there kids usually start playing because usually dad loved the game, sometimes mom, and then they don't always follow the same path. And that, and that's, and that's okay. Um, but again, it's something, something that, that needs to be brought up. Um, you said something a second ago that, that reminded me of, of what the process really means. So the process of growth, you know, the process of say someone who starts at five till they get through high school and, and then, you know, maybe past that, you know, the process of, of growth, um, when we talk about when do you let go, 
the process is, is, is very misunderstood, you know, and I actually just, I think I tweeted about this this morning. Um, you know, the process is something that lasts years, you know, it's not just something that lasts. I mean, there's a, there's many, you know, the process of today, you know, this week or this month or this season, but the, in the big, the big picture, the process lasts years and years and years and years. And the stuff that, that comes along during those years and all those opportunities that come up, that's where the kids grow. And I think that sometimes we forget it. You hear it all the time though, you know, everyone says trust the process, but trusting the process means that 10 years from now is the goal, you know, and how, how do we get there? And if, if I'm berating and belittling my, my players or my kids because they had a, had a bad day, am I helping the process? You know, I mean, it's, to be honest, those, those bad days that if handled correctly, those are the most important pieces of the process. You know, that's where, that's where we can grow the most. That's where, um, you know, we can prepare for the next time we fail because it's going to happen again. You know, so if I use, if I use the mistakes that were made today and really understand, dig down deep, why did that happen the next time, which may be tomorrow, that that same thing happens, I'm going to be a little bit more prepared to handle tomorrow. But what we see is that we get so focused on what happened today that we forget about tomorrow, if that makes sense. And we get so, so emotionally caught up in, in today that we forget about tomorrow or 10 years from now. No, totally. I, I, you know, I've never been one on goals and I know that sounds awful. I'm really focused on team culture. Cause I would say if you, tr if you really build a culture that con controls yesterday, today, and tomorrow, you don't have to worry about the outcome as much. It usually t does take care of itself. Uh, I, I walked into my high school, the, the school I was coaching high school at and said to their AD, I go, I don't have a goal list. And he just looked at me like, I don't know what to do with that. I said, I don't really do goals. I said, I want my kids to know how to function every day and how to deal with hardships and how to deal with all those things. And he really still didn't know what to do with that. But every team that has been based on a structure of this is who we are and how we handle every day, whether good or bad, has always gone on to be more successful because that process has a plan, right? Like so many people just go, well, trust the process, but well, how are you going to go through that process? How are you going to do those day to day? Right. And if something, like you say, if something bad happens today, how are, what is your team culture to manage the fallout from today, tomorrow? Yeah. I think that's extremely important. So what are some of the best things that you've either seen or you recommend to parents or even young coaches to really help develop an, an athlete and this can be from little kids to big kids uh probably the number one thing for me and again we're, we're talking about parents here um i go back to when i was growing up which was a case for most of us that our first coach and sometimes our best coach was our was a, a parent or parents and so my my father he he actually gave it to me a couple months ago. He has a had a box full of videos and books. Um, so you're talking v VHS, you know, tapes, you know, all this stuff. Um, he did everything he could to to learn because he wasn't a baseball player. He did everything he could to learn about the game, and you know, techniques, mechanics, mental side of it. He, I mean, he was all in. So as, as a parent, he, he was all in to help me 
get better, um, to help me become a better player. And that, that was, that was his passion, you know, who, and again, he wasn't, he wasn't a player, but his passion, as most of us parents, his passion was helping his kid. And so because of that, you know, I, I take the approach and that's, that's a big reason why I use social media the way I do is just to educate. And I think, I think parents, the best thing that they can do for their kids is to learn more about the game. Um, unfortunately, that's not the case. You know, we sign up for a team because my friend said that we're going to join this team and we go out there and we don't know anything about anybody or any, or anything that's going on. And then by the end of the season, we're frustrated because this or this or this. And then we bounce to a team and it's just, it's an endless cycle. Um, I would say probably that the number one thing would be educating yourselves on if you're, if you have a young pitcher, what does it mean to be a pitcher? Find, find somebody, find videos. We're in the, we're in the information generation, you know, technology is crazy. There's videos, videos like this everywhere. YouTube is crazy. There's so much information out there. Unfortunately it can get watered down because there, there is too much and some of it isn't really good. Um, but educating, educating themselves. Um, and I, I think that, that as a parent, Again, I've had conversations with my with my dad about this. I remember being a young a young professional, and so this was before cell phones and internet was a new thing. And you know, we would and no life stats all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would be on the phone with him the next day after I after I pitched, and you know, if we lost the game, it was it was my teammates' fault. It was the umpire's fault. It was my coach's fault. Rarely was it my fault. Um, and, you know, I've talked to him about those conversations, you know, and everything that I know now. And I think about later on my, in my career, you know, the, the first six, seven years of my career were very up and down, you know, and when I look back on it, emotionally, I was very up and down, you know, the last seven years were my most consistent years. And when I look back on it, something happened there in the middle where I stopped making excuses for everything. You know, where I, where I started taking responsibility for my own preparation, started paying closer attention to that stuff, um, you know, and I, I became a lot more consistent with my, with how I could, you know, perform as an athlete, um, which was, you know, honestly, the only reason I got to play as long as I did. So when I look back on it now, where I'm at now, it's, you know, being a coach and listening to how kids talk, you know, listening to how coaches talk, listening to how parents talk there is so much blame, you know, so much excuse making, um, you know, it, it's, it's a constant thing. And, and honestly, I'm at a point with my teaching, you know, with students that I'll let them talk, but, but I will never let an excuse fly. You know, we, I will, I, I will call them out immediately, even if they're a little bit younger, you know, because for me, I mean, we, we can never start too soon with teaching kids accountability responsibility, what it means to make excuses, to blame. Um, we can never start that too young, in my opinion. But to be honest, even with, with you know, I talked to my dad, and my dad said he, was, he wasn't aware, you know, it wasn't in the front of his mind that when we would talk that I was making excuses and he was allowing me to, you know, that it just, he wasn't aware of it. So again, when, I, when I'm out there teaching on social media, especially on, you know, Facebook seems to be more of the older generation. You know, those are the people that, that I'm talking to, you know, when I put it on Instagram, that's more of the younger generation. I'm talking directly to the kids, 
you know, Twitter is more of the, it seems to be more of the college type. I'm talking to more of the college kids, you know, so it's all, it's all just teaching. And, and again, I think, I think that that accountability piece, whether you're talking as an athlete or a future adult, um, it's, it's, it's way more important than honestly the game is. And that's, I think a big part of what we're seeing in our country right now too. So. Well, and that's, there's three things that I think I've been able to put into columns that almost everything when it comes to sports teaching could fall under. And one is uh, distress tolerance, kids being able to handle being uncomfortable. We don't do a very good job of that. The other one is, is uh, ownership, self-ownership. And I see that rampant, like you said, that they don't take ownership for behavior. Parents, maybe one of the worst, you know, in this population of, of doing that. And then uh, lack of community, right? And so it's even the, that that team jumping. And those are the, the components I see both in the classroom and on uh, in the sports world that are really impacting kids that they can't have those strengths. And then when they do, if they do get lucky and go and play in college, those things follow them and college coaches aren't as, um, I don't want to say accepting, but as tolerant maybe. Um, so that's the thing is in my house, if I ever hear, and Hey, I struggle with umpires just as much as anybody, even though I have a lot of umpire friends, if I ever hear, well, the strike zone, I want to go, I don't want to hear it. You got to work around the strike zone. I don't care if you're nine years old, you know, you got to work around the strike zone. Well, that last pitch, I don't really care. Like you should have been swinging earlier in the count anyway, you know? So yeah, the, the, I don't want to hear excuses either. You need to figure out how to step up your game and work around the the things that make you uncomfortable. Yeah. My, my favorite thing about umpires, balls and strikes is we always tend to forget how many times that umpire makes a mistake and it's in our favor. Totally. We always, we, we just, we just go with it. Yep. And then the moment that they make a mistake and it's against us, man, they hate us. The umpire hates us. <laughs> well, it's kind of, it's kind of like how many line shots get caught and they think that's unfair, but how many bloopers fall in. And I always say it all evens out in the end, you know, it always evens out in the end. So, um, so then on the flip side, what are things that you see parents and kids do that are the big red flags that they should really avoid? Um, probably, probably one of the biggest things is, and again, I'm trying to align my thoughts with, with the parenting side, um, at home in the car ride home is again, on the, on the accountability topic is parents either starting or even participating, you know, their kids start the conversation, participating in discussions that talk and talk about teammates or coaches or umpires in a negative light. Um, you know, the, the more and more those conversations happen, <clears throat> you know, the more those habits are going to be become deeper and deeper ingrained in, in that, in that athlete. Um, and it, it's, again, one of the biggest things. And again, as a, as a college coach and, and even seeing that at the pro level, uh, when I was coaching there, it, it's those things, you can take an athlete with tremendous ability. And if they are mentally weak in, in that, in that manner, it destroys them, you know, cause when they're out there. And again, the only reason I can talk about this the way that do, cause I did it myself and I, I specifically remember being out there and thinking like, man, if they would have made that play, you know, we should be, we could be in the dugout right now. Right. Or that should have been a double play, but we only got one out, you know, so being out there 
and trying to perform, but having, having those thoughts running through my head, I mean, horrible, horrible for me as a competitor to be able to give my, my, all my energy and focus on that next pitch, right? Because, because mentally I was weak in that moment. And again, I think, I think it's natural. I, I wouldn't expect there's an, an athlete out there that hasn't had weak thoughts at some point, not one. Right. But I, but the better ones are going to be able to manage them or recognize them quicker and, and get them out of their head quicker, or they've, you know, practiced it so much that, that, which later on in my career was kind of like this. I mean, it, it just didn't matter. Like, all right, well, let's go. You know, I'm, I'm an, I'll, my job is to throw strikes and doesn't matter what happened. It, it sucks that, that, we're in this situation right now. It could be something else, but it is what it is. You know, I still need to execute this next pitch. That's it. That's all I have control of. Um, so I think, again, I kind of went off track there. No, no. It's, it's to say, I, I'm as I say, you can't see me because I'm totally smiling. I mean, the, the people can't listen, but those are some of the things that I, I talk about with clients. So in my practice, I work with a lot of high-level athletes, and they think they're ready to go play at the next level, right? And I always say, if you are not mentally strong to handle all the pushback, this is not going to end well because there are, there's so many elite athletes, but then they have to take that mental game and, and, you know, people that have played at that elite level know that that's the, that's the the difference between making it and not is having that mental capability of, Hey, I got to let that go and, and, and focus. And as I say, we live in the past or we live in the future too much in the world of sports. We don't just live in the moment. And I think as I say, that blame game or I shoulda, or what if, gets gets so powerful that it doesn't just let us do the whole one pitch at a time. Yeah. You literally have to tr be trained to think to do that every day, one pitch at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the parent the parenting piece at home, even in the stands, you know, to to sit there with other parents in the stands and you know, whether it's to whisper about someone else's kid making a mistake or, man, it's always the same kid making the same mistake. Um, if coach would just. <laughs> yeah, it, it's so it's just it's so not good for for morale. You know, I know if parents are talking that way, they're probably going to go home and end up talking that way around their kids. Um, you know, and kids, they can't hear that stuff you know, because they're, they're not mentally emotionally at a point where they know how to process it. You know, they're very, they're very much black and white, you know, mom and dad say this, like, well, all right, that must be what it is. I'm going to talk that way too. Mm -hmm. I'm going to think that way too, you know? So it's, it's, um, that type of stuff. It, it's, it's hard. It's, it's, it's frustrating. And I, I've had plenty of conversations with families. Like you guys have to stop talking this way. You know, when I first meet families and I'm asking them about how things are going and inevitably, you know, when we talk about performance, a lot of this stuff tends to come up, you know, and it's your teammates performance, it, the umpires, it just really, it's, even though it maybe, maybe had a reason for something happening, it, it doesn't need to be discussed. Cause again, it's one of those things we have no control over. It's, it's an uncontrollable, you know, and if we waste time and energy, focus on that stuff. Nobody's getting better. Nobody. Yeah. Well, that's what's been weird. Uh, moving over to this theater company that my daughter's involved with. They're so supportive, even if somebody gets the lead role and you don't. And I was talking to their director. I go, you guys are really weird. And he goes, what do you mean? I go, 
people literally genuinely celebrate each other. Parents celebrate kids and all this stuff. He goes, well, isn't sports like that? I go, no, it's not like that. He goes, well, theater really isn't either. We're just kind of, you know, they're just different. But you see this community that when that kid gets that lead role or the kid has a great show, everybody is invested and celebrates. And it gives this feeling, I can't even explain it. I wish all everybody had that, especially in sports, instead of I need, I'm going after only my stuff. And I wish they could celebrate every kid or even be there for a kid when they struggle. Like it, it, it gives such a much more genuine experience for our kids. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think when kids start out young, you know, at those T-ball coach pitch, first year kid pitch type ages, um, the kids are genuinely excited, you know, when something cool happens, you know, when, when someone has a great hit, everybody's super excited. And I, I, unfortunately, you know, we're in this like showcase type generation where it's very, you know, me, 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 how, where's my status, you know, what's my ranking. Um, you know, it, it, it becomes more individualized and, and it, the game loses some of that excitement, you know, and we've even, we've seen in the, at the college level and they even see at the pro level where those, the players that kind of come up, you know, trying to get in every little thing they can about, you know, so that they're seen and which I understand wanting to be seen, but you know, the stuff that comes along with that, you're seeing a different type of athlete come from it. You're not seeing um, a true teammate. You know, you're not seeing a team player. You're not, um, you're not seeing players who can be brought into a program and be a great fit, you know, even if they're not tremendous ability, you know, I mean, it's, yeah, it, things have definitely changed. Um, again, I, it's we're trying to professionalize it. It is being professionalized. Um, but in the end, you know, if the parents do a better job at leading their kids, you we wouldn't see that much, you know, of the kind of attitudes that we're seeing. You know, if if you can nip accountability right from the beginning, and it's a constant, consistent topic in the house and in the car, that kid's going to be much better off when they're done playing. Yeah. Well, and that's the truth. You know, they, they put out stats every year about the percentage of kids that start in Little League and then go and, and even play in college, right? And then even play Division One, let alone make it a, a pro, right? We all look at our little kids running around thinking they're going to be a pro athlete or they're going to get a big uh, scholarship. I always say in our sport, baseball and softball probably are, are two of the worst of having big rosters with only 12 full-ride scholarships, right? So full-rides are very small, and even playing collegiate sports is is a very small percentage. So you really have to look at what are you trying to get out of sport, and there's so many more things than scholarship money. You know, my brother coaches college um, as well, and, and we... <laughs> He always said, he goes, get a tutor, right? Because there's more money in academics, but we lose sight of what sports can give us, like you say, into adulthood, right? They, uh, Somebody had said that like 95% of female CEOs were all athletes, right? Why? Because they know how to lead. They know how to compete. They usually are more self-confident. So those are the things that pay off in a way that don't come in scholarships, but they pay the bills down the road, right? I wonder if you looked at guys, same thing, like so many people that are going to be success have a background in athletics because of the skills they learn. But we miss that. We forget that that is what we're building into our kids, not just, hey, we hope they play in the World Series someday, right? And I wish that more parents saw, like you said, the big the big picture down the road. So that being said, I know, you know, you've coached youth sports, I've coached youth sports, um, 
all the way through college. And, and that relationship with parents and kids always, always becomes something, either a positive or a negative when it comes to coaches. So what would you recommend to both uh, parents and kiddos to build good relationships with their coaches? Uh, you know, what, what you were just talking about, those are, those are life skills that are learned from being involved in, in whatever your sport is. Um, probably what, you know, you talk about life skills, you talk about being on time, you know, being early, you know, all the time, you know, there's, if for some reason you are going to be late to a practice or a game, the communication needs to happen, needs to happen early. You know, these are life skills, you know, and, and things that I think if you talk to coaches, those are some of the things that they struggle with the most, you know, kids that are late and they're late because they don't know why they're late or they just don't show up. And there was no communication of why they didn't show up. Um, again, life skills, very easy to manage, very, very easy habits to create being early communicating um as the kids get older this communication needs to be put on the kids to do um i think that once you start getting to those teenage freshman year um you know that that type of stuff should start to be put on the kids um <coughs> excuse me especially with smartphones you know there's everyone's okay with texting it's it's these kids are super comfortable texting you know it's a very easy message that could be sent um uh, let's see, what else did I put down? Um, also, I think it's important that the parents understand, and a lot of them don't understand what it, what goes into coaching, you know, what the preparation that, that is required. Again, not all coaches do it probably the way that we wish they would, um, but the preparation that a lot of coaches put into it, the amount of time they're thinking about it, um, getting to the field early, leaving late on top of having a full-time job. Um, you know, I think having, having parents and, and players having a better understanding of, of what these coaches really do is important. Um, again, I think the hard part there is that not a lot of coaches do it the best that they can. You know, they, they get burnt out and, and that, that becomes a problem. Um, um, but th th those are probably probably some good ones that that you can recommend the kids and the parents do together to help that relationship with the coach. Um, I mean, there, there's nothing worse than than and and we I see it in our instructional league sometimes, you know, which we're about to start here in about a week. You know, is no shows or or kids showing up late. You know, and we're already we have a plan made. And it, and then the, and then as a coach, we have to adjust, especially if there's a lineup and all of a sudden we have to redo, you know, parts of the lineup because someone's not showing up. Um, they, you know, if something happens once and it's a mistake, that's fine. But you, you tend to notice that it, it seems to be the same families that do that type of stuff. And again, kids are getting caught up in it. You know, they're not, they're not being taught good lessons, you know, when, when that type of stuff happens. Well, I see a lot of those type situations turn into, hey, maybe your kid's not going to be a starter because they're late. And then the parent gets mad because their kid's not starting. And it kind of is this spiral. And then 
uh, parents come up to coaches when they're emotional and nothing ends well when somebody's emotional. You know, I started the rule of don't talk to me right after games, even if we won. It's just not, you know, my focus is somewhere else still with my team or transitioning to my real life. Um, and I think a lot of times it, it's hard for parents just to really stop and go, okay, am I being realistic about my athlete's ability? Right. And are we doing the best we can to support our kid and make sure that they're there before I even talk to a coach. And lots of times I think that um, our emotions get in the way of, of things that we say to coaches instead of, okay, what are we accountable for in, in this role? Like you say, a lot of it comes back to accountability um, and teaching your kids to be accountable as they, as they get older. Cause college coaches, there's no question if you're late, you're not playing. There's, there's no question, right? It's a business. You're, you're hired, you're paid. You're part of, you know, a company, not just, eh. It's just like school. I mean, you're not going to show up late to all your classes. No. You know, I mean, it's, there's, there's punishment in schools, you know, mm -hmm. if you're, if you're show up late and you don't do your work, mm -hmm. you know, but for some reason, you know, sports, some, some parents sometimes see sports a little bit different, you know, I'm not sure if it's a money thing or whatever. I mean, if, if you're consistently late and you're not communicating, for me personally, it wouldn't, I could care less what your talent is. You know, me teaching you an, an important life lesson is way more important than any game. I, I don't care if it's what we all consider game seven of the world series, you know, in tournament baseball, I, I don't care. You know, it, that type of stuff shouldn't matter. I think that, that when you start allowing some of that stuff, entitlement is a huge issue. And, you know, when kids aren't, when kids aren't doing their job as far as being a good teammate or being a good person and, but they're yet allowed to go out there and, and you know, put in, you know, because they have a, a special talent or whatever. Oh man, horrible message, horrible message. Well, and I do see that in schools more. I spend a lot of time in schools, seeing clients at schools and kids are allowed to be late. They're allowed to miss class. There isn't really a consequence. And now if you, Put consequences on kids. Everybody's worried that they're going to get trampled by, you know, parents or leagues or whatever. And that's what's really hard. And we're doing our our athletes a disservice by them not learning that accountability. And like I say, those life lessons, I would say your boss is going to expect you to show up to work or you're going to get fired. Right. And and those things need to get ingrained in our kids from a young age. Right. Being not being respectful, not, you know, taking um into account that your coach is there and your, your teammates are there and your attitude while you're there, that's, you know, you're, you're going to get fired. And so we need to be uh, holding them accountable now. So, you know, one of my best, one of my best parent stories I had, a I got to the point when I got into college, I didn't really want a college coaching. I didn't really want to deal with parents. I love that they were all 18. And one of my players comes up to me and go, she goes, do you not like parents? And I go, what? And I said, no, 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 we have great parents. I said, but you know, you're 20. She was a transfer. I said, you're 20. And I, I don't need to interact with your parents about a lot of this stuff. And uh, it's funny because I got to know that that kid's dad really, really well. And he was one of the best sport parents. He would give me fist bump before games. And he would say, you know, he would he was just so upfront and honest. And, you know, 10 years later, we, we still talk on Facebook. But he was just so involved with the performance of the team and not 
what his daughter was getting. And I, and I wanted to say to Dennis, Dennis, you are the epitome of what a sport parent should be. You know, my kids know Dennis, we've stayed at their house, you know, after the kiddo graduated because it was about the team focus and holding his kid accountable through things, um, that he was grateful for. And I, and I cannot say thank you enough to those parents that do live by that mode of what lessons can we help teach our kid? So that kind of leads into, so with tournament ball and even college, I know my parents had to learn that when I was playing in college, they'd meant nothing to me. I didn't have time for them. Um, they didn't really like that in the beginning. They learned. Um, but, you know, people are in hotels and, and there's so much more interaction. It's not just always go to the field and leave. Um, so what are things that you would really recommend if, if parents want to be more involved and supportive? What are recommendations you would make for parents? Um. First thing I wrote down here was they need to enjoy the game first, you know, and, and relax, whether we go 0 and 4 or 4 and 0, you know, we, we still need to enjoy, enjoy the game. Cause like I, like I mentioned earlier, it's super temporary. You know, you're, you're going to think back 20 years from now and wish that you could be watching your kids play sports again, you know, because it's going to end, it's going to end. Unfortunately, in most cases, it's over sooner than than you had hoped, or or it ended up getting here sooner than you thought it would. Um, <clears throat> just because, the, <clears throat> excuse me, time goes by fast. Um, so enjoy enjoy the game, um, and and stay away from stay away from a lot of that negative talk. Um, <clears throat> again, if it's about the players, if it's about other parents. If it's about the umpires or the co the coaches, just just stay away from negative talk. Be be a voice <clears throat> amongst the other parents. Um, be a, be a voice that that is is a positive one and and a voice that brings people together. Um, you know, and a lot of these these teams nowadays they get to you know tournament they travel all over the place as a group and. I hear I hear too often about you know negativity and and dissension and you know divide amongst a, a amongst a team and I mean lo and behold it's usually always adult issues you know so so finding some way again not take it too serious enjoy the game stay away from negativity um, be positive be find some way to genuinely enjoy it when other people's kids do well. And that, that's, that's probably one of the hardest things, which, which baffles me, you know, it's someone else's kid does well. And you, you know, because of you have, you know, not necessarily fans of the parents, you look down on the kid and it's, oh, it, it's so hard, you know, and it's, the game has to be enjoyable. And, and again, we gotta, we gotta find some way to, to, to make the best of it and, stay away from, from negative energy. Well, and I think you, you pinpoint it perfectly. Like if you see a kid that you don't necessarily like their parent, you know, maybe that kid isn't getting enough positivity from his own parents. So why can't you be that positive voice? You know, we're, we're kind of the house that everybody runs through. So I know my son's teammates pretty well by the time that their, their year's over. And so then I get so excited that when you generally know these kids, you get excited for their success, whether the starting pitcher or the, the second baseman. But that's why I think that community aspect of teams that it's disappeared has really impacted 
our, you know, parents' views on teams. It's more about what's the next step for my kid instead of how do we make this a community? And, and I'm hoping if anything positive comes from this time away from sports is people realizing, man, I miss my teammates and I miss the game. Nobody's sitting at home going, I miss the drama. I miss getting yelled at, you know, by my coach or I miss, you know, yelling at umpires. Like that's not what's going through us as we're away from sport. It's I miss my teammates and I miss the game. And I'm hoping that this can help kids and parents when they return to sport to re-identify that and hold on to it. Because I definitely think those two things that are, make sports great have definitely gone missing. I want to, I want to add one thing that I, that I just, I just thought of um, getting to work with families of all different ages. You know, I've, <coughs> excuse me, I've come to find that the parents, the families of, of older kids, kids who are now in college or, kids who are done playing they all have unfortunately they all have some sort of regret you know something that they wish they would have done different they wish they would have educated themselves not done this done this um i really recommend that younger families and i've i've written about this a few different times i really recommend that find to find people to find parents other adults who have older kids who have been through all this and pick their brain and find out, you know, some of the mistakes that they made and what they learned from them, um, you know, and if they if they could do it all over again, which from an athlete, that's it's an important question to ask ourselves. If you got to do do this all over again, what would you do different? And the the answers are are always very interesting, um, and always and usually very similar too. You know, it's it's funny, um, but that's a, that for me. That's that's a great when we talk about how to become a better sports parent, having finding people, whether you want to call them mentors or whatever, but finding people with that experience and talk to them um, to get some advice. I think, I think that's a great piece of advice because that is one of the biggest things is you don't want to have regrets because it is so fleeting. You know, our careers are so fleeting. And I know for me, one of the coaches I respect the most always said, don't have regrets when you get done. And so I learned that, you know, before I started college and I'm glad that I heard that. So when I look at college, I can't say, well, I didn't do this and I didn't do that because every day was, how do you make this the best experience? Because even, you know, that you and I raising families, we still look at our, our playing days with great fondness, even my summer ball days and, and those things, those are memories we're going to have with us forever. So we want to definitely make the best of them and not have those regrets. And, um, so I think that is a, the, the truest message that you probably can leave us with is look at the game that way, look at the relationship with your, with your kids that way as parents and coaches, uh, the same, you want every season to be, Hey, I, I don't regret anything that happened, even if we didn't win the championship. So Chris, um, thank you so much for your time. If you don't follow Chris on his social media, you should. Every day I, I read his stuff and I'm always like, oh my gosh, everybody needs to read this. He's so insightful. So where can people find you for social media? Uh, just search up Baseball Dudes. We're on, on like I mentioned, Facebook, baseball, um, Instagram, and Twitter. I have some stuff up on YouTube, but not a lot. Um, but I, I am active on especially Facebook and Instagram daily you know i just again it's just teaching um sometimes i recycle stuff through but it's uh i'll try to put something out there that will help 
If you are a coach or an administrator and want Coach Cause to meet with you or your team, you can contact me at www.trainingthecompleteathlete.com.